Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I'm your host, Spencer, joined as always by my beautiful wife, Nikki. Hello. <laughs> have to say hello. And we're very <laughs> glad that you're here. Uh, if you're new, don't let the name fool you. We are very religious. We are quite Christian. In fact, we're three-day-a-week church-going kind of Christians. Uh, <laughs> but it's more the nation that uh, in the world, really, that is very secular, very religionless, and that at least in part is where the name comes from. Uh, so how can we live a life that's pleasing to God in a religionless and secular world? That's what we're going to be trying to figure out today as we look at the news from around the country, um, or potentially sometimes around the world. We'll even dig into that occasionally. But um, first off, Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, I do hope that you had a blessed and maybe even a restful holiday season. Yeah, uh, that's a rare thing. <laughs> yeah, the holidays don't ever seem to be restful anymore, uh, which is odd because you get, at least for us, we get a lot of time off from work. Uh, but it still never seems to be quite as restful as you wish it would be. But either way, Happy New Year. Happy 2024. And on the show today, um, we're going to be taking a look at the news, of course, and then really kind of driving towards discussing really the fact that our government is the problem in this nation, which I think is a good and fitting reminder for ourselves as we enter this sort of hyper-political year that we're getting into. Uh, political or presidential election years are always, um, you know, a bit chaotic. But in the last, really, you know, since 2016, things have just gotten out of control. Yeah. So I don't know why 2024 we should expect anything less. But before we get into all of the news stories that we have today, is there anything you'd like to say? Any prayer requests? Any praise reports? Anything of that sort? Um. Yeah. Just keep praying for. I mean, I don't know where you guys are, but here, so many people are sick. Everyone's we sick. We have it's a crazy. lot of people out of church. Our kids go to church, and they're like, where's this person and that person? Like, all their friends. And um, yeah, just keep uh, people lifted up in prayer. Um, there's definitely something something going on this year. Everybody's catching. Well, you guys haven't been sick. Only I have in our family. You haven't had it. I've been sick twice, but everybody else... Praise God, you guys haven't been sick. But I told you guys church. before when we talked about Hulk Hogan getting baptized. I've lived my life by the Hulk Hogan creed of take your vitamins and say your prayers. It's always done me well. Yeah, I haven't. I wasn't taking my vitamins. Tisk tisk. Um, but yeah, I am now. <laughs> yeah, everyone seems to be sick at work, friends, church. Um, so if you guys are doing poorly, we hope you get better soon. Yep. Take your vitamin C. Yep. Take your vitamins, say your prayers. It'll work out well for you as well. Um, and then as far as prayer requests for me, uh, if you guys have time, lift up Pastor Dave in prayer. Um, Lord knows what he's going through, but pray for him because he's an important man to our family and to our church. Please pray that God would uh, show himself faithful as he always does. So yes. um, thank you for that. But we'll go ahead and get this thing rolling with our look at the news. The first story up, you guys have most certainly heard about this week, uh, if you pay any attention to the news whatsoever. So, honey, do you want to go ahead and read that first headline? Jeffrey Epstein documents unsealed, naming Prince Andrew and former President Clinton. 
says hundreds of pages of unsealed documents from a lawsuit connected to accused sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein were publicly released on Wednesday. This is the first set of documents to be unsealed under a December 18 court order, with more expected in the coming weeks. The documents in total, including material yet to be unsealed, are expected to include nearly 200 names, including some of Epstein's accusers, prominent business people, politicians, and potentially more. And then this other uh, article that we have here, do you want to read this headline? Court documents reveal names of powerful men allegedly linked to Jeffrey Epstein. Yep, so just some more names here and just like this paragraph. All right. The documents include references to former presidents Bill Clinton and Donald Trump, the magician David Copperfield, Prince Andrew, former Israeli Prime Minister um, Ehud Barak, actor Kevin Spacey, lawyer Alan Dershowitz, the late New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson, and former Vice President Al Gore, among others. Yeah, so this uh, release of, you know, documents in regards to Jeffrey Epstein is certainly interesting. You know, this is something that people in this nation have been clamoring for, you know, ever since Epstein was arrested. You know, they've been, you know, asking for this for years. Why haven't we seen the names, his black book, all that sort of stuff? But uh, my question reading this is, does any of this even matter anymore? Like, does the release of the names matter at all? Like, does it matter if any person's name is on this list? Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, does it even make a difference anymore? And my contention is that it doesn't matter at all. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like nothing's going to surprise anyone. It's like the big names. I mean, come on, if a former president is on there. Like- yeah, like I don't <laughs> think anyone would be surprised. Well, I, I think Cameron Diaz was on the list. I suppose that's a bit shocking. Um, someone like shocking, but it's not shocking at the same time because we don't know these people personally. Well, and this is the big problem with the whole release is none of it matters, right? Because just releasing names and saying they were associated with Jeffrey Epstein. Well, who cares? Jeffrey Epstein was one of the biggest like money managers in the world. Every rich person in the country probably has a loose association, Mm -hmm. but without a context of what these names imply then it doesn't matter. Like if I told Nikki, my new year's, my new year's resolution is I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to eat healthy or something. But then she looks at our, you know, our bank statement and sees a charge for McDonald's. Well, that doesn't mean anything, right? So if she comes back and she's like, you went to McDonald's, you lied to me. Well, she doesn't know if I went there and got a coffee or if I got a double cheeseburger or if I bought food for a homeless person, we don't know what that charge was but for. It's just a random charge. McDonald's isn't good for you. And sure, maybe but you know McDonald's is a McDonald's does have healthy food. Not if you want a good corporation. You shouldn't go there. I'm just trying to mess up your analogy. I'm just saying, I know. <laughs> right? Like, so just saying, Donald Trump and yeah. Bill Clinton were associated with Jeffrey. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. And what's frustrating about this is the FBI. They have all of the real dirt. Like, if you really want to know what these people did with Jeffrey Epstein, they have it all. It only means something if the people who were around him knew what he was doing. But how are we going to ever know that? We can't 
know if they knew. No, because he committed suicide. Uh, but anyways, like this release of the names, it doesn't change anything. Um, if you love Donald Trump, this doesn't change that. And if you hate Donald Trump, this doesn't change that. And, you know, no one's going to be obviously bothered by Bill Clinton being on this list. You know, he's been a well-established pervert for decades. Uh, the shocking thing would be if Bill Clinton wasn't on a list <laughs> associated with Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. And you'd be like, really? Bill Clinton wasn't there? All right. Poor Bill Clinton. Yeah, shocking. <laughs> Not poor Bill Clinton. The man could have changed his life at any point. Um, could have uh... come to Christ and repentance. But, um, yeah, I just, let me know. Does this seem interesting to anybody anymore? It should. Like, does it matter? Yeah. You know, it'd be nice if the people that were, like, leaders in our nation, the people we were supposed to, like, look up to and follow, weren't closely associated with, like, the most prolific pedophile in American history. That'd be nice. It'd also be nice if we saw it and were like, wow, I can't believe this guy had dealings with we're just what? at a point that we're not, yeah, surprised. I just feel like when stuff like this comes out, well, of course it comes out now. I feel like it's just a distraction or because um, the elections and it's just something oh, yeah. to kind of take, yeah, the light off of other things. And I just think people like, they like celebrity gossip and this is what it's like. Ooh, these names are coming out and people right. and who this are attached to celebrities and stuff are going to care. Sort of bigger point that the government is the problem. Because this, again, without any context, this is literally just fodder to throw out there yeah. to make us argue amongst each other. Hey, look, your guy, Donald Trump, he was with Epstein. Oh, yeah, well, your guy, Bill Clinton. Well, screw you. No, screw Like, that's all it exists for because we have no context to any of it. Mm -hmm. If they really wanted to, you know, do anything meaningful with this, they would actually tell us what these people were doing with Jeffrey Epstein because they have all the information. Mm -hmm. and. The one thing we never really talked about, which I think is a fascinating um, discussion, is that Jeffrey Epstein was, in fact, a spy working for the CIA, the FBI, and he really basically existed to collect intel and blackmail on important people all around the world and seems like a potential. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys have ever heard that. If you have, let us know in the mm -hmm. comments. And what do you think? Was Epstein just a rich pedophile um, that for some reason floated right under the government's nose for years and years and years and has blackmail on every important and rich figure in American society? Or was he potentially a spy doing this for a reason? And there's a reason why he was never really arrested or harassed when everybody knew who he was. Oh, they could all say that excuse, right? <laughs> so pretty interesting there. But oh yep, gosh. Jeffrey Epstein at least, uh, you know, some information related to him. And shame on you, David Copperfield. <laughs> Come on, man. You couldn't make your name disappear from that list. You're a magician for Pete's sake. Um, and when was the last time you heard anything good come from Kevin Spacey? I mean, the last you heard from him, he was like sexually assaulting young boys. Now he's with Jeffrey Epstein. Not good. Um, anyways, we'll keep our look at the news here rolling. That's Jeffrey Epstein. Again, I think it's just fodder to make people um, mm -hmm. hateful and divisive as we go into this political season where the news media is going to be um, going 
in overdrive, trying to make us, you know, break down and div- to divide further and further. But uh, let us know what you guys think of Jeffrey Epstein and his list. But do you want to go ahead and read this next headline? New Year's resolutions. Religious Americans say they want to do this more in 2024. And it says about 60% of Americans who make New Year's resolutions are aiming to increase their engagement in religious activities in 2024. A CBS News poll has found this surge in spiritual commitments ties uh, with the desire to lose weight, ranking seventh among other popular resolutions. Only 37% of Americans typically make New Year's resolutions, but among these, 59% express a desire to pray or attend religious services more. Um, This was conducted between December 4th and 7th, 2023, and involved 2,182 adults. Yeah, that's kind of funny reading through that, like... uh... Wanting to be more involved in religious activities is the same as just losing weight. I want to go to heaven or lose weight. Either way, it's you only pick same. one resolution. You know, it's all the same. But I think this is wonderful news. Definitely unexpected, I suppose. Um, and really, the rest of the list is what you would expect. Um, it goes on in here says the leading resolutions for 2024 focus on personal health. Um, topping the list are goals to improve health. followed by exercising more, 88%, spending time with loved ones, 84%, better diet, 81%, acquiring new skills or hobbies, 73%, and quitting bad habits, 70%. Other notable resolutions include spending less time online, 51%, Mm -hmm. and engaging more in community volunteer efforts, 50%. So, um, yeah, I think good news to see religious people um, are desiring to be more engaged in religious activities. That's good news. And I hope that they do. Uh, So what are your new year's resolutions? You know, it says in this article that only 37% of Americans make new year's resolutions, um, which seems low, I suppose. Uh, Maybe people have made resolutions in the past and failed on them and just figured, you know what, I'm not making them anymore. Um, I'm a day-by-day person. I mean, yes, I have a resolution, but... Yeah, so... But when it comes to those things that are, like, exercising all the time and, I don't know... Those aren't resolutions a certain way, like... (laughs) Um, But, you know, Nikki and I are part of that 37%. You know, we... Maybe I sort of decided and drugged Nikki into it with me, but I think it's where we both need to be. Oh, yeah, it is definitely fun to have, you know, someone to do a resolution with you. (laughs) Yeah. So our new year's resolution was to seriously study and make solid our end times or uh, eschatological Mm -hmm. beliefs. You know, we've both said, and really for our entire lives, we probably would have said that we considered ourselves to be, you know, what's kind of like historical premillennialists. That was kind of where we always were, but it was really without much time or consideration being put into studying that. That's just kind of, and to be fair, I think just a simple read through the Bible, that's, I think, where you tend to be led to. Well, I think starting off, yeah, I guess not reading the Bible, like I used to not read it very much. I used to have, well, maybe you did too, the view of the, whatever it was called, dispensational, um, where there's this 
Secret Rapture. I guess I get all the terms Still mixed January. Up. I haven't studied that yet. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that used, you know, the, the, the left behind books. I never really believe, <laughs> I don't think, in a secret rapture. Um, I only believed it because I thought that was the only view there was. Right. So that's our our uh, our resolution is we've um, decided that we're going to actually study the different viewpoints and um, try to make solid what we actually believe. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's easy and in many Christian circles, and maybe you run in these Christian circles like we did, is end times beliefs weren't really ever discussed. You know, they were kind of like, eh, you know, kind of believe whatever you want. It's difficult to understand. So it's a secondary issue and not that big of a deal. But that shouldn't be our mindset as Christians. I mean, everything in the Bible should be a big deal. And we should, you know, granted, some things are bigger deals, right? The gospel's more important. Right. It can be a things, big but... deal, but not when it comes to your salvation. Like, yeah. And yeah, like, like, if like you're a said, new we Christian. We don't divide on it. You know, I wouldn't tell you to devote all your time to revelation. If you're a new Christian, be in the gospels, mm-hmm. right? Um, but as you grow in your faith and different mm-hmm. things, then you should set about to study all of it, Old Testament, the Torah, the end times, you know, all those sorts of things. We should never just have the mindset. And, you know, to me and Nikki's, I guess, where we've been, that's never been our mindset. has never just been like, eh, it doesn't matter. It was just always like, it matters, just not more than this or that, or, mm-hmm. you know, we just didn't really take it as serious. So that's our resolution by January of 2025, Lord willing, we're going to be just rigid, staunch, argumentative on Twitter about our end times police. No. I'm just kidding. I don't think um, it'll take a whole we're gonna, year, but. No, I mean, I hope that it doesn't, but I just want to Obviously, because life is going to come up, and I can't just lock myself in a library um, until I come up with the views. But I know you wish you could. I do wish I could. There's <laughs> never enough time for all the good books. But that's our goal. So, what are yours? Do you have any um, New Year's resolutions? Please let us know in the comments. Because um, I think the resolutions that are on this list are good goals for the year. You mm-hmm. know, I know that they kind of get mocked, right? People crack jokes about, "Oh man, the gyms are going to be full." Until February, right? When everyone falls <laughs> off their New Year's resolution. It's because of Valentine's Day. I'm telling you, don't buy all the sweets. Don't buy people. the sweets. Buy them don't. a protein bar mm-hmm. and tell them I really love you, so I'm going to help you be healthy. Here's yep. your vitamins, right? But Yes. Um, so it's easy <laughs> to crack a joke about it. And I think maybe that you know prevents some people from wanting to dive into these New Year's resolutions. Um, but I think they're great. I think... Being healthier and getting in shape is a great goal. Mm-hmm. You know, and it is a I spiritual always... thing. We don't have to separate like se- like discipline, self control. No, those are is all a spiritual thing. We don't have to say that's I don't know different somehow. It is. It is right, and I I mean it's just generally yeah, being disciplined, setting goals, and achieving goals. Those are always good habits to build in your life. So. I think New Year's resolutions are a good idea. I think getting healthy is a good idea. I think being more involved in religious activities is obviously a good idea. Um, So, you know, if you're one of those people that like, I don't make resolutions or I think they're silly or, you know, I'm not going to go to the gym because people are going to crack jokes. (laughs) Please get over that. I think I just, you know, our daughter, you know, she's young and she's like, I don't like working out in front of people. I'm like, who cares what people think? Like, and it's funny, like you go to the Planet Fitness and it's like the judgment-free zone, which is 
you know, it does them well. They make money, I'm sure, but really a dumb slogan because the gym in and of itself is not a judgment zone. Like, and this is what I told her, like the fact that you're there working out, like that's good. Like you would judge the overweight, unhealthy person who's not working out. Nobody goes to the gym and sees an out of shape person working to be in shape and goes, look at this idiot trying to make themselves better. (laughs) No, you go and you're like, hey, you know, you're really overweight or out of shape. Maybe don't go to Golden Corral today. Like that would be a judgment zone probably. Again, you shouldn't judge the people anyways, but even still, don't let that stop you from improving your life in some way. Like, well, I've never studied the end times, so I'm never going to study it because it'd be embarrassing if I did, because then people would know I didn't study it before. No, just study it (laughs) and and make yourself better. So uh, let us know. I think these are, I think they're fun. I think they're worth making goals and, you know, having a drive to do something. But uh, I know not everybody obviously is into it. But if you are, come let us know. And if you have end times views. Let us know in the comments as well. Um, I'd love to know, you know, what you believe first off, but why do you believe it? Have you always believed it? Or was there, um, like I have a a good friend at church and, you know, he kind of mentioned, hey, I started off believing this, but through my studies, I'm now, I think mm-hmm. he might've been post-millennial, but through his studies, now he's millennial. I don't know, one of the two, but he, he wound up at millennial. So through my studies, I've come to believe this. I'd like to know that. Um, if you have good resources that aren't terribly lengthy, right? Like, don't send me, like, I have uh, somebody that sent me a link or something. It was like, hey, you know, you can study these end times beliefs. And I'm sure it's good, but it was like, it's like six or eight, like, hour long videos. Listen, I'll probably get to some of them. Yeah. But. I mean, is there not like a, you know, a 20 minute <laughs> summation, uh, but let us yeah. know. Right. So do you have some good resources on what sets you on the path and set your beliefs straight? I'd love to hear that from you guys. So that's the new year's resolutions, but we got more news stories to get to. So do you want to go ahead and read this next headline? Hmm. My favorite headline. <laughs> Judge blocks Iowa law, barring sexually explicit books from schools, calls it Puritanical. Woo! (laughs) All right. It says a federal judge has blocked Iowa from barring books and other materials deemed to be sexually explicit from public school libraries. But the state can still require teachers to inform parents if their children seek to identify as the opposite sex. With the law set to go into effect on Monday, the Biden appointee stated that the law does not target books containing graphic descriptions of sex in any reasonable way, uh, asserting that the measure is too broad. Instead, it requires the wholesale removal of every book containing a description or visual depiction of a sex act, regardless of context, the judge wrote. The underlying message is that there is no redeeming value to any such book, even if it is a work of history, self-help guide, award-winning novel, or other piece of serious literature. Um, That's... uh, Judge, how do you say it? Locker? Locker, Locker, I would assume. All right. In effect, the legislator has imposed a puritanical pall of orthodoxy over school libraries. 
Yeah, he says, you know, it could be an award-winning novel. So those kids have to read about the graphic descriptions of sex. Fifty Shades of Grey was a UK national award-winning book. So I guess kids in elementary school need to read Fifty Shades of Grey because it's modern classic literature, according to Judge Locker. Um, Yeah. But the article says down here as well, it says, uh, but Locker lets stand a rule requiring schools to inform parents if their child requests to go by a name or pronoun that does not align with their given name and biological sex. Under the law, a school district may not give parents false information about their child expressing a desire to transition. Yeah, and it says, um, if a school district fails to inform parents about their child's struggles with their gender identity, then the consequences for a first violation include a written warning. Subsequent violations could result in disciplinary hearings and other consequences. Yeah, I love that. A written warning. Listen, Betsy, now you gender transition, you know, one kid to cut his genitals off. Don't don't you do that again. If you do that again, there is going to be some serious paperwork coming your way. Yeah, this all is right? all crazy. That, but anyway, the how would the school know something personal about your child like that unless they were teaching it or they're asking them? I don't know. How are they like, how would they know if the child does have confusion about their gender? Right. You obviously have to be setting up an environment where that's a welcome discussion. Because right. when I was in school, uh, was never there was, I mean, in the 90s, right, there was never an environment where you could go and talk to your teacher about wanting to have sexual relations with anybody the same gender that I was confused about. My, there was never an environment where mm-hmm. that was a conversation that would have come up. I can't, right. I can't think of an entire, I, and we had some teachers that were a bit weird, right? Um, but never was there an environment where that was a conversation that could right. have Like come all up. of a sudden, for no other reason, a bunch of kids are confused about their gender. And who can I talk to besides the math teacher? What? <laughs> How yeah. about you talk about math? They don't the want to talk teacher? about why kids would be confused. Something causes the confusion. I know they don't teach it in their curriculum, they say, but there's this public library in the school and there's books in there that they're not taught. But if the kid wants to check one out, it's a maybe that classic it. literature, like Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. The kid must read it. Yep. So these kids end up being confused. So I like this quote by Vody Bauckham. He says, we cannot continue to send our children to Caesar for their education and be surprised when they come home as Romans. Very good quote. Yeah. He says, the key is to understand that our children don't belong to us. They belong to God. So yes, people do send their kids to school to be educated, but nothing like like this. This isn't part of their success in the career world. They don't they don't need to learn about gender identity. Like no, that has nothing to do with education. No, and it's weird that so many sort of accept that this is just kind of like the price of doing business, if you will. Yeah. And like, I don't know, 
because we don't send our kids to public school anymore, but do you just like send your kids to school and kind of keep your fingers crossed that like they're not going to the LGBTQ activist science teacher that's going to, you know, talk to them about gender dysphoria and their, you know, pronouns. And do you just send them in like, oh, Lord, I hope that it's not my school. I hope it's not my school. Or I don't right. know. That seems very stressful. I mean, we already me. know that there's wolves in sheep's clothing in churches. Why would there not be in schools? Well, in many of these schools today, there are wolves in wolves' clothing, right? Well, you right. walk into that science teacher's room and there's pride flags, Antifa flags. Um, you know, they got, they look the part, if you will. Um, everyone knows what the part looks like. I mean, they're just out there just telling you the God they serve. Yeah. So again, we will re reiterate here as we did to end 2023. We'll reiterate it to start 2024. <clears throat> Homeschooling is the revolution. Homeschool your kids. Um, and I was just looking here on the christianpost.com website that we read this article from. And <laughs> one of the little side stories down here, California school district offers extensive resources promoting LGBT ideology to students and teachers. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, make sure your kids get that good public education in California. But isn't this a sad state of affairs going back to Judge Locker and this law? Like it's a sad state of affair that this has to be passed as a law and survive a liberal judge's scrutiny. Like the idea that you can't lie to parents about their children when those children want to make life altering decisions at a very young age. It has to be written into law and survive a liberal judge just to be like, okay, you can't just gender transition my kids without telling me um, because they're my, like that has to actually go to court and be up upheld by a judge in order for it to stand. What kind of upside down world do we live in where that, that has really to go shows to court? that shows how wicked like the teachers are. are like, I demand my right to ruin these kids lives at an early age. And the judge is like, all right, we'll decide this in court. Like there's some insane. things they just, why do they have to be brought to court? They're just common sense. They're just common sense things. Well, as they always say, common sense isn't so common. Um, but again, you know, less and less, or it's just it's just everything has to go to court, right? And lawyers, I'm sure there's good lawyers in the world. Lawyers have ruined this nation, um, in my opinion. Everything is legalese. Everything is drug in court. Everything is sued. Um, you know, it's the reason why I was like terrified—not terrified, but definitely considering the thought we have a small gym that's like a public community gym near our house and it's free to use you know just very light equipment in there but i was like i have some like light dumbbells and stuff and i was like at times i've taken the dumbbells to this gym to work out and bring them home and i was like i'm just gonna leave them there and people want to use them that's fine and i'll use them when i get there and in my mind i was like if the employees know that i've left this there they're not going to let, like, they're going to take them away because what if somebody drops a dumbbell on their toe? Well, they could sue the That's company. right. They don't and have I'm free like, weights in there. So then I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, they're going to get taken or whatever. And I'm, like, having this wrestling match in my head. And I'm like, this is so stupid. I'm leaving the weights. And if they want to take them, if they want to ask me why I left them there, then this, I will die on this stage. <laughs> um, but, uh, 
this article does go on in here and says as well, uh, the judge also blocked a portion of the law that prohibits school districts school districts from providing programs, tests, or instructions about gender identity and sexual orientation to students in kindergarten through sixth grade. Um, so this portion of the law was blocked <laughs> by the judge. Like you're not allowed to prohibit these things. Yes. Kim Reynolds, the governor of Iowa, you're so stupid. You're so dumb. Uh, if you don't pervert the children while they're young, if you don't corrupt their minds early, it gets much, much harder as they grow older. And, you know, you run the risk then of if you don't pervert them early, you run the risk of them growing up to not be perverts and sexual deviants. And in America in 2023, 2024, you just can't let that stand, right? Kenya Judge Locker, Judge Locker, mm-hmm. President Biden, they refuse to let that stand. So kindergarten through sixth grade, these kids must be given programs, tests, instructions about gender identity and sexual orientation. Because really, at the end of the day, you can't understand math or social studies if you don't understand gender identity. I mean, it just doesn't make sense if you don't question your own gender identity, does it? For some does reason. Does class make sense? That is just the most important question nowadays. You don't even know how to draw an apple if you don't question your gender identity in first grade, do you? Um, art just doesn't make sense. But School's stressful enough, gosh. Yeah, they just can't let it stand. You know, Judge Locker was like, No, these kids must be tested if they truly understand their gender identity by kindergarten. Um, Sure, they don't know their alphabet yet, but do they know their gender identity? But what I love about this story, and I think what we should take away from this story, is that the judge called this law that Governor Reynolds wanted to pass puritanical. And, you know, being puritanical in current American American society – I think is music to our ears. Like you should desire to be called puritanical. It's a hot cup of coffee on a cold winter morning, if you will. Like we should be puritanical. We should all be more and more like Puritans um, in response to this nation's really in judge lockers, right? Incessant drive towards wickedness. Because that name is meant to be an insult. Judge Locker meant it to be an insult. And, and that's the same as it was meant in the 1600s when the Church of England, you know, was using it against the Christians who opposed really their unbiblical demands on their worship. They were called Puritans as an insult. Judge Locker here is insulting uh, Governor Reynolds and those who passed this law. But we should wear that as a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. You know, anytime, oh, you're so, you're a Puritan. Like, yes, I'm really striving to do what God's called me to do. Oh, how silly. No, I'm fine with that. You can call me a Puritan. And obviously, I would be probably sad if someone didn't call me a Puritan. Like, oh, you're pretty loose in your faith there, huh? And you're like, you bet I am. (laughs) No, that's embarrassing. You should be like, boy, you really take your faith pretty serious, don't you? Like, yes. Yes, I do. Um, But I can't think of a better label to have in 2024 than Puritanical. So, Mm. uh. Yeah. Kudos. One last quote I wanted to highlight here from the article. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Yeah, it says right here. Uh, this is from Governor Reynolds. She says, the fact that we're even arguing these issues is ridiculous. The real debate should be about why society is so intent mm-hmm. on over-sexualizing our young children. 
It's wrong, and I will continue to do my part to protect their innocence. Uh, and I hope she does. You know, Governor Reynolds has been one of the best governors in the nation since she was elected. I think she's been in office now for a few years, but she's been one of the best in the nation. And I trust her, I guess, when she says this, because she's got a track record. And track records used to matter. Uh, hopefully they do again. Track records should matter. But kudos, Governor Reynolds, be puritanical. Mm-hmm. Be even more rigid uh, about keeping our kids safe from over-sexualization. Um, Judge Locker may have his own uh, intentions there, but be puritanical. And for you out there, be puritanical in your faith. Um, to Take it serious. So. Um, kudos governor more of a it's just more of a a worry like people worry about oh school shooters and stuff but this is this is more like a fearful thing like it's more common and (laughs) they try to get you so distracted oh it's far more common like this is a danger as well Although we will just mention, because we're talking about Iowa, um, please pray for Iowa. I can't think of the school's name off the top of my head. There was just another school shooting in Iowa. Uh, The last headline I saw, one person died in the school shooting. Um, That number could be higher, but please pray for them there. But yeah, um, definitely something we need to be taking serious. uh, Because again, this this is not just their physical body dying. This is their soul dying right um, yeah this is more serious it led down that actually path of sexual deviancy so because it's an eternal um consequence but speaking of physical death if you will uh, that leads us into our next headline here honey do you want to read this headline abortion was the leading cause of death worldwide in 2023 killing 73 million people yeah to say people not a clump of cells. Yeah, I just saw a just a quick little video, but it showed I think maybe it was like the first time or one of the first times a doctor and I'm going to get Cleveland Clinic maybe, um but they did basically spinal surgery on a child in the womb that had spinal bifida. So right a young child who we're told, you know, it's the mother's choice to kill, right, if they want to. But this this was obviously a human with its own spine, and a doctor went in to the mother's womb, cut her womb open, the baby's back open, did spinal surgery on the child, sewed them back up, and the child will continue to grow. Like That's amazing. 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 And yet, on the other side of that, 73 million of them killed so do you want to you can continue i just thought that was a fascinating um headline all right says more human beings died in abortions than any other cause of death in 2023 a heartbreaking reminder about the prevalence of abortion statistics compiled by worldometers indicate that there were over 73 million abortions worldwide in 2023 The independent site collects data from governments and other organizations and then reports the data along with estimates and projections based on those numbers. In the USA, where nearly 30% of pregnancies are unintended and 40% of these are terminated by abortion, there are between 1,500 to 2,500 abortions per day. 
Nearly 20% of all pregnancies in the U.S., excluding miscarriages, end in abortion. Um, I don't know how you say that name. Guttmacher. Macher Institute reports 930,160 abortions performed in 2020 in the U.S. with a rate of 14.4 per 1,000 women. Yep. And those numbers, it's incredible, right? When you consider in America, in the scientifically advanced West, with the marvel of modern medicine, we still have 2,500 life of the mother incidents, right? Requiring abortions per day. 2,500 mothers are on the verge of death by childbirth every day. Is that what's happening? We can do those surgeries in the womb. Right. That's what they always tell us, right? Like life of the mother, you know, and it's between a doctor and, you know, the mom. And so are they really 2,500 women potentially dying a day with the marvels of modern medicine? Or is it 2,500 a day that I'm not ready for a kid or, you know, I just don't really want a kid. Are there 2,500 of those incidents a day? Mm -hmm. Um, in these numbers, right, it mentions 930,000 abortions performed in 2020. I believe those are without states like California mm. reporting the abortions that they perform per yeah, year. Yeah, I agree. Which California might double that number. Who knows, right? Because they don't report. So we'll just assume the worst from California. But, I mean, that most likely puts that well over a million abortions a year. Um, and it, abortion is the leader by a staggering margin. Um, like, listen to these numbers. Let me see if I can find it. It says, when contrasting the abortion numbers to other causes of death, including cancer, HIV AIDS, traffic incidents, or traffic accidents, and suicide, abortion far outnumbered every other cause. By contrast, an estimated 10 million people died from cancer in 2023. 6.2 million from smoking, 17 million from disease, and 2 million died of HIV and AIDS. Death by malaria was also or malaria and alcohol are also recorded. And it says with 67.1 million people dying last year from a cause other than abortion and 140 million people dying in total, abortion and all causes, that means abortion accounted for almost 52% of every death around the world last year. You Half think if of, you're alive, you're born today, <laughs> you're you're very you're like lucky. Yeah. To be born today. You're the top 50%, right? That's 52% of every death last year was a child killed in its mother's womb. That is inconceivable um i know nikki pointed out she's like are you like is that a pun i was like it wasn't intended to be a pun but it's inconceivable 52 percent of all deaths are by abortion but i wanted to mention this because we started last year with essentially the same story right talking mm-hmm. about abortion was the murder champ of the world for the fourth year in a row, well, this apparently makes it the fifth year in a in a row that abortion is the champ of killing uh, all around the world. 
well, with the way things are going with the schools and kids are encouraged to hide things from their parents, um, yeah, we can see that number going up. Yeah, I mean... Because it's... And I know we've read it before. I can't remember, but the age, the age bracket for the most abortions. Yeah, I don't remember the age bracket, but, you know, with Roe versus Wade being overturned and now it's kind of... The states that were already pro-abortion have sort of ramped up their pro-abortion um, status. And, you know, the, the states that are pro-life, they've also ramped up. So it's I wonder if that's going to, you know, reduce the numbers or inflate the numbers because places like California, New York, Michigan, they've sort of stake their claim that they're, you know, the child sacrifice capitals of the world, right? You want to come sacrifice your kid? Be in Michigan. You know, Governor Whitmer, she's more than happy um, to have your baby's dead carcass in Michigan. But, you know, I think, and we talked about this on our end of the year episode there, I think Christians dropped the ball in 2023. You know, I think Roe versus Wade being overturned, maybe caused us to throttle back a little bit and just mm-hmm. assume that, well, good, things are going in the right direction now. But then again, states like Michigan, California, New York, and all these states that, you know, really ramped up their abortion um, position. So, and again, in response, I think we did see some good states, you know, Texas, Tennessee, and these places pass some um, good life-saving bills. But you know, a lot of these states, they enacted some pretty heinous abortion laws. So I think Christians, again, we want to point this out. We need to wake up going into 2024 and realize the fight is on our doorstep, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can't just rest on your laurels that three judges, you know, at the Supreme Court overturned Roe. So now all your work is done. Mm-mm. No. Uh, Roe versus Wade being overturned was the start of the fight. It wasn't the end of the fight. So we've got work to do. We need to pray um, for our leaders, but then also pray that we and the people we know would be willing to do the work that is required to put an end to these heinous laws. Um, 72 or 73 million babies. Now, obviously, we can't really affect what happens around the world. Um, but again, we contributed a million to that number. So we can definitely affect that, Right. And if America was actually the shining city on the hill, the leader that it's supposed to be around the world, then maybe we could affect other nations, right? If we actually cared about life, we couldn't uh, impress that on the rest of the world. We're just imploding. That's what it is. It seems to be. Uh, So, but that leads us really to the last topic that we want to talk about today and um, just kind of lumping a couple of these stories together with some new ones. But The last topic that I wanted to talk about, you know, again, especially with 2024 being a presidential election year and national politics being really in hyper focus, is that our leaders and our government is the problem in this nation. Mm -hmm. I think um, where they're driving this nation is the problem. They are the problem. They do steer the people. Um, They affect the hearts and minds of the people. I was just, I mean, just read reading about Solomon, you know, he, he was wise, but his heart was turned away by marrying the women of the other tribes that worship false gods and 
sacrificed their children and everything. And he got, he loved his wives more than the Lord eventually. And um, he did steer the hearts of his people away. Um, he turned their hearts away from the Lord. And that is, you know, government can do, can do that. It's. Oh, I mean, it's all through the Bible. I mean, a godly leader comes into power and returns his people to righteousness. Yeah. He falls away and a wicked leader comes and drives mm-hmm. his people. I mean, that's all through scripture, but it also just plays out in real life and we're watching it in real life. Um, but the thing is, we have godless leaders. Any person in authority, so you have to take your, your, um, your position, I guess. You have authority. If you have children, your children look to you. You can steer their hearts toward the Lord. Um, you have more of an impact on them uh, than the government does. So, and that's why they're going after our children and pitting children and parents against each other because they know the impact parents have on the children. So we don't have to blame it all on the government. Parents um, need to take responsibility for the corruption of their, their children. You can't just say, oh, the government's fault. Because there, there are kids in public school who go to these schools where these things are being taught that do have godly parents, the rare occurrences. Um, so I just think we need to take our our job as parents serious. Well, like Spencer always says, homeschooling them is the best way to protect them um, because it's like you're you're condoning whatever is being taught in school. And so the kids think, oh, my parents send me to school and this is what they're teaching, so my parents must agree with it. So you have to be teaching your kids um, that you don't agree with everything that's being taught. Like, for instance, just evolution being taught in school. Um, you just need to communicate with your children really well if you are in a situation where you can't pull your kids out of school. Um, just keep up that communication with your kids. Um, tell them you don't agree with everything that's being taught. Just um, at least protect them that way. There are some situations where people can't, they really can't homeschool their kids, especially when they're much younger. They can't no, be not everybody alone. can. Um, but yeah, obviously being engaged is important. But um, yeah, I mean, we've seen all through scripture and all through real life that godless leaders or godly leaders can drive a nation in a specific direction. Um, and we're being driven in a godless direction currently um, because we have godless leaders. So we need to be aware of that going into 2024. And I want to just kind of go back to the abortion topic here, looking at our next story, just on this topic of um, our leaders are the problem. So do you want to read this headline? Peel's court blocks Biden from forcing emergency room doctors to perform abortions. All right. An appeals court has rejected the Biden administration's effort to use a federal law to force emergency room doctors to perform abortions in Texas, upholding a lower court decision. A three-judge panel of the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit unanimously ruled Tuesday to continue an injunction against the Biden administration's federal guidance requiring emergency room medical staff to perform abortions. Yeah. So our president who was voted into office by 49% of Catholics and 40% of Protestants has had to be blocked by court order 
from forcing ER doctors and ER staff, really, right, to perform abortions. Wow. Like President Biden and his government wants to force um, ER doctors that are there in a sense to save lives, right? That's what an ER doctor is there for. Force them to perform abortions. And it made me think of your mom. I mean, she's not, I was thinking she was in the ER, but she's in the OR. But like, I mean, these people are there to save life. Like, mm-hmm. you know what you're walking into when you get employed by a Planned Parenthood. You're there for one right. reason, right? To kill children. Yep. Uh, but if you're an ER doctor or like your mom, just a, you know, an ER, you know, nurse or a staff member, whatever it happens to be, you're there to help people in mm-hmm. these, you know, instances when they're in dire need, but then to sort of have the government forcing you, um, I mean, and that's wicked to me, in my opinion. And like, as if a million abortions per year isn't enough, our satanic government needs more abortions done and it has to be taken to an appeals court to block them from forcing more abortions to be done. Again, our government is the problem. Our government, as it's currently constructed and currently operates, is satanic in our opinion. And this goes for both sides with very few exceptions in our elected officials. Um, D.C. seems to be so wicked and there's so much darkness there that even people with the best of intentions, when they get there, are corrupted. Yep. And this article goes on and says, Circuit Judge uh, Kurt... Inglehart, a Trump appointee, authored the panel opinion concluding that the Federal Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act does not require hospitals to provide abortions. Thank you, Judge. Uh, EMTALA, which is that law, does not govern the practice of medicine, wrote Inglehart, while EMTALA directs physicians to stabilize patients once an emergency medical condition has been diagnosed. The practice of medicine is to be governed by the states, he says. Uh, And then it goes on and says, uh, this law, EMTALA, was passed in 1986 and focuses on public access to emergency services, regardless of ability to pay, requiring hospitals participating in Medicare to provide medical services to all people. In July 2022, Shortly after the United States Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services issued guidance claiming that EMTALA required hospital emergency staff to provide abortions. So this law, this uh, EMTALA, is what President Biden is trying to use to force these doctors to perform abortions. And they were trying to force it as soon as Roe v. Wade was overturned. So... Roe versus Wade was overturned and they went right to work to continue making abortions legal nationwide and even making you, the citizen, pay for it by way of Medicare, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what EMTALA was there for, um, that if you're taking Medicare dollars, then you have to provide these healthcare services, whether the patient can pay or not. So, and again, the wickedness of our government that considers aborting a baby, life-saving healthcare services. Um, again, right, the marvel of modern medicine. We have 2,500 
life of the mother apparently cases every single day in this nation. Um, so either that's a lie or modern medicine kind of mm-hmm. sucks, right? Right. One of those has to be true. Um, so again, our government is the problem. It's led by Satan's children, in our opinion, in yeah. so many areas. And that's just abortion. Uh, and I know, right, many people have probably grown tired of the abortion argument. You know, it's just, I don't know, too much to deal with or... Well, the wicked ones are not tired of it, so we can't give up. Right. And we yeah. largely did give up, it seems like, in a lot of places in 2023, which is why we're where we are in 2024. But um, here's another story about the wickedness of our government. It's a short video, so I'm just going to go ahead and play it and we can listen to it. And we are going to be using gendered language like girls. But this conversation is for everyone who identifies as a girl, including trans girls and non-binary people. And so if you're not feeling comfortable sending those, straight away say it. No, I don't really feel like sending that. I'm not comfortable. Lay that boundary. Don't let them take away your right to consent. If someone has your picture on their phone, you lose control. You have no control on where that picture goes. What do you do if you find yourself in a situation where you, at the time, trusted this person? You trusted them enough to send these pictures to them, and then six months later, that trust is completely gone. They still have access to those photos, and one day you wake up and they're all over the internet. That is something that is a possibility, and if someone watching this has been through that, I am so sorry. It is not your fault. It is not your fault that those nudes got leaked, and I'm sorry that you had to go through that. And the other thing is, if you're under 18, there could be legal problems. Just be aware of that when it comes to child protection and everything else. Especially if you're a minor, you can take legal action, because that's, um, you know, spreading child pornography. My perspective as a pediatrician is always about prevention, because you need to understand the possible repercussions. How can you make sure that your information stays private and, you know, your parents won't find out or whatever the case might be. That's a great question, Haley. I get that all the time. Most of the states in the United States actually allow people under 18 to get tested for sexually transmitted infections confidentially. Organizations like Planned Parenthood really respects the confidentiality and the rights of the youth, and they have a lot of funding programs, so sometimes you don't have to pay at all. So I would really stress that as a resource. There are definitely ways to get free testing, whether it's your health department, your college health service, your school health clinic, if you have one. And even some hospitals such as mine have systems for people under 18 to get confidential testing without bills going to their parents. So uh, crazy video. Uh, And just as an FYI, If you're sending nudes to someone on your phone, it is your fault (laughs) because you're the one sending them. But so this video is from the American Academy of Pediatrics, basically giving guidance to minors on sending nudes, um, being sexually promiscuous and getting tested without how to keep your sin secret. And also telling you just how good of a place Planned Parenthood is for you to go because they respect youth confidentiality. That's the thing that was really uh, really stood out to me is the the youth uh, youth rights of the youth. What yeah. about the rights of the parent? Parents are bigots and they're puritanical, so they have no rights. But they have rights over you. Your parents are allowed to kill you in the womb or even up to birth. 
or afterbirth in some cases. Yeah. Depending on the politician. But But here, oh no. It's just it's just twisted. Like it's two different messages, but the goal is to destroy the child here out of the womb or well, and I love like, that this lady who I don't know, she's supposed to be some respected medical professional, this older lady on here. And she says, like, you know, how do we keep this from our parents? She's like, listen, I deal with this question all the time. Great. <laughs> so Your job is to put the child back into the care of the person who loves and protects them the most, the parent. Why are parents seen as as the enemy? Oh my gosh, it's just sick. Because the family unit is a God ordained uh, institution. So the parent will keep them from even getting on this path where they're sending pictures to people and getting STDs. Yeah, it's a crazy video. Now, some may say, right, well, that's the American Academy of Pediatrics, that's not the federal government. But I know you guys wouldn't say that. Some may say it. But you guys wouldn't. You're far too wise to say something like that. Um, The American Academy of Pediatrics receives large amounts of funding from the federal government. I'm not exactly sure how much I tried to research it, found some small donations and stuff. But, um, you know, the government just recently, what was that, 20, I don't know, within the last couple of years, they just passed the CARES Act, for example, and that... I think allocated a hundred billion dollars in public health funding. So organizations like the American Academy of Pediatrics, these national level health organizations, they work hand in hand with our government. And this message, this type of message doesn't get out if our government is not in support of its message. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know that our government is in support and to some degree, um, So we know, you know, they're in support of this type of message. And even if they say nothing about a message like this, because I haven't seen a response to this, it's like, whoa, hold on, make sure your parents are informed. Right. So and this is something they label on, you know, conservatives or Christians all the time that silence is consent, right? Well, I guess the same could be said here, right? So if you're, you know, national level health organizations are coming out and they're like, listen, it's perfectly fine for kids to send nudes. You know, and if it gets leaked, it's not your fault. How about the message of don't send nudes? You're a child, right? Or all they could very easily come out and be like, listen, we do not advocate for something like this. So they either support it or if you want to say silence is consent, either way, not it all is really coming down to teaching kids. You are your own God. You choose your gender. You're not under your parents authority. That is the message. This is a satanic message. Just you're autonomous. You don't, you're not a slave to anybody. You don't have to obey God or your parents or Yeah, and if your parents anyone. are those bigots, come to the government. We'll take care of you where your bigoted parents wouldn't. Um, yeah, terrible message. But I mean, even, right, we know they support this because how many times have we heard of our, heard our government and our leaders tell us they support abortion for minors. They support gender reassignment care for minors. They, we just talked about it here. They support pornography in schools for minors, right? So you're not going to support all of that and then say, but listen, sexting your teenage boyfriend, that is a bridge too far. You should, you cannot do that because that one is wrong. They're not going to say that, right? 
this is what our government supports, and these are the messages that they support. Um, it's perversion, it's evil nearly everywhere you look. And again, our government is the problem, right? Because by their support and their leadership and their driving in this direction, this is what it leads to. Young kids hear those messages, um, right? Because kids are naturally rebellious. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're rigid, puritanical parent that wants to protect their kindergarten innocence. They're the bad guy. The kid's going to run away from home into the loving arms of, um, you know, General Adam, Rachel Levine, you yeah. know, and they'll take care of them. So I wanted to highlight this early as we enter 2024. And again, this year of presidential elections and not going to tell you who to vote for, um, because at the end of the day, and it's a sad state of affairs, no matter who we vote for, they're likely to let us down. Um, and, you know, Nikki and I, we've made it clear on this podcast, and we really haven't changed that we support Ron DeSantis. We really like Ron DeSantis, and that hasn't changed. Although Vivek Ramaswamy is making it really hard for us because, man, the guy just knows how to talk. But um, the point I would make is I just really encourage you all to take serious the political process and who you vote for. Because it does have serious ramifications. Mm -hmm. Like, just consider the two stories that we discussed today and the judges involved in those two stories. Um, you know, the, the President Biden appointed judge, Judge Stephen Locker, that we talked about from Iowa, blocked Governor Reynolds' attempt to prevent children from having pornography in their elementary schools. And then the President Trump appointed judge, led by that circuit uh, Judge Kurt Engelhart, he had to block President Biden from enfor or from forcing ER doctors uh, performing abortions. So just two judges, two elections, the consequences that they've had, these are real ramifications and real evil being inflicted on us by our leaders. So these elections are very important, and it's not just Trump and it's not just Biden. They have ramifications all through this nation. And 40% of total Christians basically took to the polls in 2020 and they voted for all this, right? This stuff that our national leadership now is pushing out, um, encouraging the uh, American Academy of Pediatrics to teach your kids how to sext and um, get tested for STDs without their parents finding out. They voted for this, right? They voted for President Biden and all these policies, you know, and what you vote for, you become a partner with. I think people don't know what they're voting for when they vote, though. Like, they don't pay attention to these things. No, no they don't. Like, they know what they're voting against, basically. Yeah. I hate Trump. He's an evil man. Vote against him. I hate Biden. He's an evil man, vote against him. But they're not really sure what they're voting for, I don't think. And most people are single-issue voters, mm -hmm. right? So uh, I want the border secure. Trump's my guy. I want access to abortion. Biden's my guy. Like, they're single-issue voters. They're only thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about all the, especially the children. That's our, that's my main concern. Yeah. And, and all all the things you can should be all Christian concerns. We should be concerned about the uh, kids. And I think I mean, we should take serious that what we vote for, we partner with. 
Um, in the video that we're going to recommend for our recommended watching, um, Alan Parr mentions this verse, and I thought it was a perfect verse to mention here, Romans one thirty two. You know, when he's talking about the debased mind, the depravity that they give into, yeah. and then in Romans one thirty two, he says, and although they know the righteous requirement of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. Mm. And your vote is your hearty approval. And, you know, not every policy necessarily has a spiritual ramification, but some do, right? And those must take precedent in our decision. Like, I'm not a big fan of taxes, but I'm not overly concerned whether a politician wants, you know, if politician X wants a 20% tax rate and politician Y wants a 30% tax rate. Okay, that's a good discussion topic, but not spiritual ramification, though some may say, well, taxation is theft, but I would just, like, that's mm -hmm. literally the context in which Jesus said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's like. Mm -hmm. um, so it's important for sure, right? Taxes are important, but it's far more important if politician X wants to chop your child's genitals off, and then politician Y wants to protect their youth and innocence as long as possible, that has spiritual ramifications. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm far more concerned if, say, politician X wants to force ER doctors to perform abortions and politician Y wants to protect the lives of children created in God's image. Yeah. That has spiritual ramifications. That has to take precedent over the tax rate. Yes. Um, yeah, this is all comes down to just a spiritual election. It's a spiritual war. And I think it's, we need to consider it that way. Like maybe in years gone by, it wasn't, you know, each election wasn't necessarily a spiritual battle. Mm -hmm. But I think our nation is so evil now and it's so in your face that we almost have to recognize each election is a spiritual battle. Mm -hmm. And because the problems, again, that we're facing, they're not just, you know, emissions requirements for vehicles. They're not just tax rates. No, we're completely invaded. Um, it's not just like a border issue. It's <laughs> it's a spiritual invasion. It's like everybody is just possessed. Yeah. Really. Like our nation is led by evil spirits. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, they're <laughs> Satan's children that are leading yeah. us. And so I think we do need to take serious like the state of affairs in America that, yeah, we're not just voting on tax rate. We're voting on gross evil at like every election. And that needs to be seriously considered. Um, you may think a higher tax rate is a better way to run a nation. Good discussion to have. But if a higher tax rate, because you think it's better, comes along with mutilating children's genitals, that just can't be acceptable anymore. <laughs> it just can't be. So um, we need to recognize also, right, going into 2024, we're propagandized 24-7 by our media and political class. Uh, and nearly all of that propaganda is driving us to make decisions and cast our votes out of fear, out of hatred, rather than reason or rationality. And you know, if you're a Christian, then, you know, Christian or godly values, those must be of the highest importance. 
because you cannot claim to be Christian and then sign off on the satanic. You mm-hmm. can't. They don't. They can't coexist. Like, do you not have any discernment? Right. You're literally the Apostle Paul is talking to you. You're giving your hearty approval to the satanic. You can't claim Christianity. And again, not every policy has spiritual ramifications, but some do. Um, Some aren't explicitly evil, but some are, and you can't sign off on those. Um, And again, our government, as it's currently constructed, is the problem. And now again, right, I recognize that sin ultimately is the problem. Um, but we have people in charge in this nation that are unrepentant sinners. They're children of Satan. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're seeking to do his will, it appears, over Christ. So sin is the problem, but our government revels in sin, and therefore they are the problem. Uh, you know, and like we kind of talked about earlier, leaders have always steered their people, either in righteousness or wickedness. Why should it be any different here in America? Mm-hmm. And I guess the only big difference, and it's probably a difference for the worse, is that we elect our leaders. Uh, so we essentially right. elect people to lead us into wickedness. Mm-hmm. You know, at least in Israel, a lot of times they just had kings born in a kingly line or whatever, and they didn't really have a great hand in choosing who their leaders mm-hmm. were. So right. we're probably worse than ancient Israel was. <laughs> uh, but, you know, mm-hmm. we can correct that. And we can correct that by voting according to our principles and values. And if you consider yourself a Christian, then your principles and your values come from the Bible. That's Mm -hmm. the only place they come from. And for years and years in my adult life, we voted for people. We voted them into leadership. They're people that hate God. They revel in their sin. And I mean, we did it either because, you know, they promised us a handout Or they just uh, propagandized us into hating or fearing the other guy, whatever it happens to be. I mean, how many election cycles do we have to go through to hear this person's going to do away with the Constitution and this person's, they're not going to hold elections. I mean, my entire adult life, I've heard that message. And yet every four years, we have elections. Like, it's the same fear and hatred that we get propagandized in and we give into every single election cycle. It's insanity. Um, But more than that, it's evil and it's foolish and we need to stop doing it. Um, Our nation's leaders are pushing this country further from God and faster than ever before. And man, we need to wake up and we need to push back. So uh, again, this may not have always been the case. But this is the case. This is where we find ourselves in 2024. We're like, <laughs> we're voting for Satan's kingdom. Yeah. It's so obvious. Like every election. It's just so black and white. Yeah. There's no way. I mean, you have uh, people it, running ads, governments, Gavin Newsom <laughs> running ads using Christ's words to promote abortion up till birth in his state. That is wicked. What was wicked it he stuff. was saying? I forget what it was. I think it was, was like the, was it the love your name? I don't remember what verse it was. If I can find the billboard, I'll try to throw it on the screen. But it was using like a verse in Mark to basically promote killing your children. It's wickedness, right? 
And uh, one last point that I want to bring up here on this topic, this voting and this presidential election and this propagandizing and all that sort of stuff. Uh, if you're watching on the video, you can see it, but we've changed our you know backboard uh, that we have here, kind of our slogan for the show, if you will. <clears throat> uh, we changed it this year. So last year, it was at, for most of the year, it was Athanasius. Um, ever since we heard that wonderful speech by the Reverend Kelvin Bishop, that quote from Athanasius, if the world is against the truth, then I'm against the world. Great quote. Uh, certainly still believe that, mm. but we changed it to Matthew 5, 9 here. Um, and that verse is from the Beatitudes. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And we changed it to that because I think this needs to be our mindset going into 2024. Um, the hatred and division our leaders and our media class are going to be trying to drive us to is going to be on steroids. It's going to be out of control this year. Nearly, it's not just about peace. It's like you want people to have peace with God. You want people to repent, to turn away from wickedness. It's not just oh, we have peace because everybody just you know keeps their mouth shut now. No, this and that's not what the kind of peace. <laughs> try to drive us to right. And if we're supposed to be Christ followers, we're supposed to be lights in this dark world. You can't be completely segregated and separated from the world, which is what they're going to be try, trying to do to us, right? Um, everything you see and hear, read is going to be about fear and hatred, fear of a politician, hatred of your neighbor for whatever mm -hmm. they believe. Um, they'll be striving to have us completely separated from our communities, our family, from everybody, right? They just want you isolated in your little echo chamber, you mm -hmm. know? So we, as Christians, we have to reject that. We have to be, um, out there letting that light shine and trying to share that with others, right? We have to reject that isolation. Um, so I think we need to heed our Lord's command here to be peacemakers. We have to reject the fear, reject the hatred, reject the division. We have to reject all of it. And we've got to seek to be peacemakers, which is not going to be easy, right? Because we're all liable to be propagandized. We're all liable to be um, convinced of one thing or another, right? These marketers, they make millions and millions of dollars a year to convince you to believe a certain way. Mm -hmm. And we have to reject that. We have to heed our Lord's uh, command over, you know, whatever political strategist um, instruction to us. And I don't mean be a pushover, right? I don't mean stop speaking the truth. I don't mean stop standing for Christ. But we can do that in a way that's God-honoring, in a way that builds rather than tears down, you know, um, because being isolated in your own little echo chamber, like a satanic government, by and large, like, they're never going to get Nikki and I, right, to vote for them. We're, to the best of our ability, going to stand on biblical principles um, and wear available. We're going to try to vote that way as best we can. And I don't think they care about that, right? Because they, again, they're smart. They know that they're not going to convince us to come over and vote for child mutilation. But if they can just segregate us and put us off on our own little island where we don't engage with anybody anymore, we don't share our ideas anymore, um, then that's fine too, because now we don't influence anyone either. So we can't isolate ourselves. We can't allow ourselves to be tricked into hating everybody else and fearing everybody else to where we don't 
discuss or engage with anything anymore. We need to be peacemakers, right? And sometimes that means biting your tongue, you know, or not um, just being like bombastic in your responses. Like, don't be on Twitter at all, because that is a platform that only drives you towards hatred and division and argumentative stuff. Um, but we can still be people that are out in the world, speaking the truth, standing for Christ and doing it in a way that's God honoring, that builds rather than destroys. So I would implore you to pray for that. I would implore you to pray that God would help you help us to be a peacemaker um, because elections are going to happen, right? The news is going to lie to you. Politicians are going to lie and propagandize you. Um, people on social media are going to say mean and hateful things. And yet we still have the command to be peacemakers. That command hasn't gone anywhere. Jesus didn't say be a peacemaker until Twitter arrives, right? Be a peacemaker. Um, you know, and it's not be a peacemaker so that your politician will win, right? Um, if you feel strongly for a politician, sure, advocate for him, right? But the reason to be a peacemaker is for something far better, right? And it's what the verse says. It's what Jesus says. It's so that you will be called a son of God. Right. A divisive, hateful um, person is not a child of God. You're not a son of God or a daughter of God. A peacemaker is a son of God. You know, um, politicians, they come and they go. Christ reigns forever. So we need to take his command seriously. And I think... This is one we should focus on this year because division, partisanship, nastiness, all of that stuff is going to be at an all-time high. And yeah, this and you year. can speak the truth, and we got to be careful to speak it in love. Because uh, you can speak the truth and not in love, and you're not being a peacemaker. It's not just truth and harshness. Yeah, and you have to like recognize that people are not going to respond to you that way. People might say things that are hateful and mean and divisive, and you're just going to have to kind of eat it and pray about it and then come back in love and truth. And, you know, because it's really easy when someone says something mean and you're like, well, forget that guy. We're not, I'm not dealing with that anymore, right? I don't need to be talked to that way. That's what our politicians, our leaders, our media class, that's what they want you to do is to just shut down um, separate yourself, isolate. We cannot do that. We've got to be bringing the light of Christ, the truth of the Bible into the world. And it's going to be ugly. People are going to say nasty things. They're going to say mean things. And you're just going to, right? I mean, the apostle Paul being beat to death and then walking back into the town, right? You've got a mission to do. You've got a command from Christ. You just got to do it. And I think being a peacemaker is a mindset we have to have going into 2024 because the whole world mm -hmm. is going to be pushing us to be uh, just as hateful, just as divisive, and just as isolated as everyone else. And we can't do that as Christ followers. So, uh, you know, yep. just recognize our government is the problem. We need to be the solution as Christ followers. So do you have any final thoughts here on this um, topic? Anything we discussed here? going into 2024 before we get to our recommended listening? Just pray about everything. Pray about that God would guide you to vote the right way too. Um, I know it can be, you're just talking about Vivek versus um, the Florida governor, DeSantis. Um, that can be tricky. Um, 
I mean, my conviction is to go with the guy who loves God, but he is, he loves God, but Vivek isn't a Christian. No, he's, so a, he's a good talker. Um, but God is the one who looks on the heart and we got to remember, I mean, I'm not telling you how to vote, but I, I don't want us to be swayed because of the way people talk. Uh, we know, um, that's what they're supposed to do is to be a good talker. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I would just add, sure. I would just, yeah. But at the same Pray time, I would just remind politicians are not spiritual leaders. Right, they're, right. They're politicians, <laughs> right. Um, so do the best you can, get the best leader that we can, make your, you know, vote for your convictions as best you can, um, as long as you can. But definitely right? pray about it. That is, that's all I'm saying is pray, pray about it. Well, I guess the episode's over. One of our candles went out in the background. So that means we got to wrap this thing up here. So uh, we'll end with our recommended listening. Just a short video from Alan Parr, How Should You Vote? And I think it's a three or four minute video, but he just gives a few quick pointers. Again, doesn't tell you who to vote for, but just considerations that Christians should make when we go to vote. So I think it's mm. a good video, short to the point. So go give that a listen. And then otherwise, we will be back tomorrow with our family devotions. I'm excited. We're finally, uh, I liked doing the Advent devotions because I love Dietrich Bonhoeffer, but now we're into the book of Genesis, um, starting our trek through the Torah for the next couple of years, Lord willing, however long this uh, podcast lasts. Um, We're going to be starting with Genesis 1. And if you care, basically throughout the week, you know, Monday through Friday, basically, I will be doing... um, you know, YouTube shorts, TikTok, like one minute sort of looks at each chapter that we're going through. So Sunday will be the lengthier devotional, five, 10 minutes. Um, Monday through Friday will be just short kind of overviews of the book. And then Christian leaders, Christian heroes, if you will, from the past, their thoughts on a given chapter, um, those sorts of things. So come check us out on wherever you're listening, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, all that sort of stuff. And then we will be back next Saturday, maybe even get into our Bible topic, try to round out our discussion on sin. Still very important. So we do hope you guys come and join us, but we hope you have a blessed week, a blessed 2024. Be a peacemaker. All right, God bless. Mm